0: Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining me. First of all, I want to start off with some emails that I received after the last show I did where I was talking about Major Tom. And some of you said, well, you already talked about Major Tom before. Well, I know I talked about Major Tom before, and I will continue to talk about it until I get a resolution to this question until I get an answer that I can, I can like believe in. Not that this is anything big. It's just a, it's a song. It's, it really, it doesn't mean anything to us as far as in our day-to-day lives or what whatever. The thing about it is that It's just like trivia. Well, did he die or did he not die? It's trivia. It's just something that is fun. And after we talk about things like the horrible things that go on every day and creepy things, somewhat sinister, negative, bad things, I like to end with something that's just kind of silly, just sometimes whimsical. Sometimes uh, I like to end off with a little bit of theory. And this is one that will be popping up from time to time for as long as I do this. Because if you ask me, I just don't know if Tom is dead or alive, even though he's just a character in a song. I haven't really looked into what it could mean as far as um, like a parable, okay? Like a, a, a parable of a story that maybe in some way does matter to us. It's a story embedded in this song. There could be something like that. I haven't looked into it. In from that perspective, somebody mentioned that to me before, and I just kind of gaffed it. I, I wasn't into thinking too hard about this until more recently. I just, well, you know, maybe, uh, maybe there is something more to it when it comes to perhaps. Now, I'm not saying I believe this or I've looked into it, but maybe it could be like some sort of deception. Maybe it could be because of our perception or lack of. We don't know. That's why this is kind of fun, and it's kind of uh, just something to think about. Not that it really matters. I mean, I don't think it really matters. But anyways... um. All that being said, and yes, I will revisit this from time to time in the future. Now, I know that in the past, I have talked about people who have had maybe uh, near death experiences, people who have been and i 'm not saying this in every case, but people who have had surgical procedures, who have had to be put under anesthesia I have a hard time saying that word, and things like this and I told you about some people who, when they were put under for surgery, and then when they woke up and came back, there were, they were a little different. Now, I know someone very well who was a little different when he came back. And I was approached, and someone told me, I think that something happened to him while he was under anesthesia after his, during his surgery. And remember, I we spoke about that and I said, well, you know, it very well could be. I think that there is something perhaps to this, not in every single instance. I'm not saying that every time you go and have a procedure and you have to be put under that, you're going to come back with an attachment. That is not what I'm saying. I've been put under a few times and I never had that problem, but in some cases, I know That this has happened and probably continues to happen to this day. I heard this man speaking about his experience. He wasn't put under anesthesia. What happened to this man is that he was a little boy, and I believe he said he was three years old. And when he was three years old, he drowned. His father found him and started resuscitation. They called paramedics, and on his way to the hospital, he came to. He said that, as because when he talked to people later on, and they told him the story, like his dad and other people, that he was purple. He was... He did not have any air for, I don't remember how many minutes he said. I think he said three or four minutes, something like that, while he was in the water, not to mention when they brought him up. He was dead. So this little guy at three years old, this happens to him. He drowns, but he is resuscitated finally, and everything uh, was okay. The doctors had told his parents that, oh, he's not going to be able to run. He's not going to be able to speak. Just be prepared. He might be a vegetable now for the rest of his life because he did not have air for whatever, you know, past that limit where brain damage sets in. I guess he was way over that limit. Well, that didn't happen. This guy got up, walked, talked, ran, did everything that he was doing before this happened. The only thing about it is that he says that he remembers clearly being in his room after this during the night, going to sleep and seeing dark figures in his room and he would wake up and scream or I'm sorry, he would get up, get up out of his bed screaming and run into his parents' room and he would tell them what was going on, what he saw And they would just poo-poo him, okay, he's been through a lot, he's been traumatized, and so on, and that's that. So this continued to happen, and he, this happened in one house, and for whatever reason, they moved around a lot. When this guy was growing up, they moved, I'm talking about a lot, more than most military families used to move back in the day. So just say, for example, they were living in Arizona when this happened. And then a couple months later, they moved to Idaho. And he says, nothing happened at the Idaho house. And then they moved somewhere else. And then it started up again. He started seeing these like shadow people figures. But what happened would be they would taunt him. He said they would scare him so bad and taunt him, yell at him, and all kinds of things like this. So this was happening from the time this guy was three years old. And then it, it started to slow down a little bit. But then it came back when he was nine years old. And by this time, he had a younger sister. And she also would experience this. It's not only him like it was in his mind these things would also manifest in front of her so although they were attached to him she could still see them and hear them which is really something to me usually this is reserved for the one person i mean not always but in these type of things with attachments Usually, there are there might be some things that manifest, but for the most part, it's usually that person. So, it started up again, full force, and by this time, this guy's nine years old, and there he is running to, into his parents' room at night, screaming at the top of his lungs. He doesn't want to go in his room, and so on. Now, his dad has pretty much had enough. His dad's like, okay, we're really done with this. We're tired of this. You have to go to bed and just do the best you can, whatever. So he says that he would put the covers over his head and he could hear them still, of course, and they would just, he was being tormented. So this guy, this was back in like the late 70s now when he's. A a young teenager, probably about 14 years old. And he's, I'm not going to say he's gotten used to it, because you never really get used to it. But he's become almost like, you know, you've had enough, you've seen it before, and here we go again. And now you're just kind of, it's very annoying. It can be pretty spooky. But for the most part, you're just totally over it so he has because he's a teenager now and he has his friend and they were going to go somewhere and go camping and they're out there in the middle of you know wherever they lived at the time in someplace like virginia where there was a lot of forest and a, a lot of nothing and so they're out there in their tent and he says all of a sudden they could hear somebody like somebody was crawling or or being dragged outside their tent. And so they really didn't, okay, you know, we're out here, so it could be an animal or what have you. And then they started hearing yelling and screaming, and something started hitting the tent. So they were in there, cowering in the tent when all this noise is going on outside and something's battering the tent from the outside. He said they both cowered there with their sleeping bags, whatever, zipped up and just like hoping that the sun hurries up and comes out. And then it does. The All the noise and all the ruckus goes away. They come out of their sleeping bags and out of their tent and nothing Like nothing ever happened. So they start talking about it together. Him and his best friend, they start talking about their experience. They didn't talk about it in front of uh, the the other boy's parents when they came to, you know, they were in the car going home. They didn't mention it around anyone else because they didn't want anyone else to think that they were crazy. And the one guy who has had all these experiences since his drowning tells his buddy what he's been going through since he was three years old. So his friend believes him because of what he experienced the night before. So they're just trying to figure it out, and they're hanging around together, but they're not going to tell anyone else. Well, then they move again. Not only do they move, but his friend moved away also. So when he gets to to be a little bit older, these things are still happening. He said they never left. It would subside a bit, but it would always start back up. So now he's older, now he's a grown man, and he is a police officer I, at this time, at the time where this is where I'm going to tell you this um, stuff happened. So at this time, he said he's like 23 years old. He's a police officer and he's still experiencing things, but he's kind of like developed a, uh, like a callous over the whole thing. He's just like, I can't can't let this stuff bother me. Whatever it is, it's been here since I can remember, and I can't let it bother me. i got to go on with my life. So it's not bothering him so much. So he says that um, in this particular town where he was a police officer, there was this um, certain house with a husband and wife who would call the police all the time because of domestic disturbance they were always fighting either one of them were calling the police or the neighbors one of the neighbors were calling the police so he says this one particular night and they had been there many times before to the same house so he's like a young cop kind of like a rookie he only has like a year or two that he's been a cop so he has an older partner who's been on the police department like for longer that's he's kind of like training him okay so they go to this house and by this time the older police officer is just fed up and they go in there and he says okay i want everybody in this house to come in here and sit down have a seat we're we're going to deal with this once for all this can't not continue this way. So the husband and wife come out and the kids, the two kids come out and they're all sitting there and they're going to hash this out. This is it. We don't want to come out here anymore. This has got to stop. La, la, la. And he says, all of a sudden they heard people like running around. It sounded like people were running around upstairs in, in the house. And the cop told the the couple, I thought I told you that I wanted everyone down here. And the husband said, everyone is down here. And uh, the cop was like, well, no, because there is somebody or people running around up there. I want everyone down. And once again, the husband said, there is no one else in the house. We are all here. This is it. So the rookie guy now, the one who's been having all of these experiences since he was a toddler, he says, that's okay, I'll go up there and check it out. Not only did they hear running, but they heard yelling. He said there were like, somebody was up there having an argument and running and just yelling and screaming at each other. So he went up there and he said, as soon as he got up there, it stopped. And he opens the doors, all whatever the bedroom doors, whatever was closed, he opened them up, went into these rooms, and then he saw the shadow people. So he's thinking, Okay, oh, okay, I see. So in the meantime, because he's calling his partner, um, come up here. I I want you to hear something. Because he said. When the running stopped, they could still, he could still hear some voices up there, disembodied voices. So he calls his partner to come upstairs. I, I want you to come, come up here and uh, see, check something out. So when he does that, his partner thinks that he's calling for backup, that he wants backup, that there are more people upstairs. So before his partner goes up there, he calls for backup. Then he goes up there. And he also hears these voices. What he's what is that? Where is that coming from? And the young officer says, I don't know. I came up here, the running stopped. Every so often I hear these voices. I don't know where they're coming from, but there's no one up here. So then when they're both upstairs, the backup police come. With their guns drawn and everything, because they think that there's something going on there. The parents and the kids are sitting there in that living room, like, what in the heck are you guys doing? So the story goes on a little bit more. After that, things start to wind down as far as this guy's experiences. The intensity level just goes down a bit after this. But what, what I'm saying about this story is that, okay, we know things like this do happen and that they are possible. But this guy was three years old. So why? Why? Why would something like that happen to a baby? To come back from the brink, okay, of of death, seriously, and to have this type of attachment, this type of activity and experience. What would cause that and why? And... He's, he still, he's, um, because I saw him on an interview and he's very calm. He's not out there ranting and raving and saying, oh, it just, you know, this and that. And I can't deal with life because he's married now. He has children of his own. But I just personally cannot get over the fact that this happened to someone at the beginning. So young. Where did he go when he was drowning? See, I don't know where this happened to him. I don't know if it was in a creek, a riverbed, a pond, a swimming pool. I don't know. I do know that there is said to be a lot of activity around water. We we know this. But I, see, guys, I don't know. Because when I think about this, I think of an innocent baby, three years old, almost drowns, comes back with an attachment, if not more than one. So the only... Place that I can go with this is wherever this happened, wherever this body of water was, was used for some sort of ritual. That's the only place I've got to go with this. And I know that there are rituals that are done during full moon, during the new moon, during the quarter moon. And depending on the harvest moon or the blood moon and all these other things, the solstices and, and I mean, there, there are a lot of different things that go into all of this. So when I think about it and when I try to reason this within myself, that is all that I got. Why else? So, I just wanted to tell you guys this. First of all, see what you think, how you feel about this. How you feel about my perspective. Because, okay... I could understand this more if this would have happened to somebody older, an adult. You know, we we do a lot of things when we're teenagers. We don't realize sometimes that can be dangerous. And I'm not talking about going swimming in certain areas. I'm talking about as far as... Um, being a, a practitioner, sometimes we do things when we're, especially in our teens, early teens, mid-teens, when you're a young person, a lot of times that's we do that. It just seems like, you know, it's interesting, it's kind of cool, it might be kind of fun, we might learn something. So, if this would have happened... To an older person, oh, okay, well, you know, probably they were dabbling and they, this and that happened and so on and so forth. Just like a lot of people who go and for whatever reason, they investigate graveyards at night, during the full moon, in October, things like this. Well, if you're going to do something like that, you have to know the risks that are involved. But something like this—it's. I'm telling you, I got nowhere else to go with it. I've thought about it since I heard this guy talking, and I felt so bad at first. That poor baby. And even now, he's had a, a pretty much a lifetime of torment. But now he is researching. He's looking into, why did this happen? I wasn't doing anything. I was three. I never played with the Ouija board. I never read the leaves, the palms, never touched a tarot card, never did anything. Never even played Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, that's another one that a lot of people didn't know that could actually bring certain things forth. A lot of people didn't know that. And a lot of people would play Dungeons and Dragons and they had no idea. That there are many things that seem innocent, but really aren't. So it's it's another one of those things. You know, it's food for thought. Yeah, that is interesting. Why would something like that happen? to someone, an innocent child. I know that a lot of times it's the young children who will start having certain experiences because that's what happened to me when I was really little. Like I told you guys a story about when I was jumping on my parents' bed. A lot of those things will happen to us when we're very young. I, may have, I think I was pre-kindergarten when that happened to me. But see, there is a whole, that's a whole different thing because I did not have a near-death experience like this, like this guy did. So I, I'm telling you, I don't know where else to go with it. I've had, uh, okay, just got someone. Maybe it's something that his parents did maybe his parents or one of them had been involved in the occult that's true this would this would be uh like a open door a little bit of an open door but in this case i i can't say for sure but i don't believe that Anything like that happened in this case. It could be down the line, perhaps. Yeah. But also, you know, I don't believe in coincidence. And how coincidental would that be that, oh, someone down the line just happened to be a practitioner or even a dabbler, opened something up, and now, all these years later, this little 3 years old baby uh, just happens to fall into a, a pond of water and drowns. I don't know. I... I I don't know. It's very far-fetched. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm just saying that it's a little too far out there for me. I could be wrong, guys. That could very well be what happened. I'm just saying at this time, from what I know, it just is a little too far for me. Okay, but anyways, that's pretty much all I've got today. I'm going to probably be back Sunday. Now that my schedule is starting to get a little more on track, I'm going to try to be back on Sunday. And we've got a lot of strange things that are going on right now. You know that it's really been accelerating, and now we've got a lot more. Most of the reports are coming out of different states, not so much California. We've got a lot. For some reason, Illinois is very hot when it comes to these things like that. Just as like Pennsylvania's another one, and like I keep telling you guys and it 's not even fall yet,, Whew. but anyways um i'll be back probably on Sunday and i'll have some stuff for you guys now that I can have some a little bit of time to research and a little bit of time to study and read up on some of these things, okay, so anyways, um, thanks for coming on in joining me. I really, really do appreciate all of you guys. Okay. And I know that I know some of you personally and you guys are really, really, I mean, you're so awesome. And you've been so helpful to me because you could, you give me that constructive criticism that I need because you know, I am not a person that is offended by that. No, if you're telling me something to help me out here. Yes. I need all the constructive criticism that I can possibly get. So I thank all of you. All right. Everybody have a great rest of your Friday and I will be talking to you again soon. Ciao.